You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Mignon Fogarty, Grammar Girl, and this week I have a quick and dirty tip about everyday, one word, and everyday, two words. A meaty middle by Neil Whitman about the fascinating history of the word ain't, and an excerpt about eponyms from the book Word Workout. A few weeks ago, when I was grading my college students' midterm papers, I noticed that more than half of them didn't seem to know the difference between everyday, one word, and everyday, Two words. Everyday, one word, means common. You let the kids set the table with the everyday dishes, not the good china. Everyday as two words means each day. Every day, I keep hoping I'll feel better. And that was your quick and dirty tip. When it comes to everyday, the one-word version means common, and the two-word version means each day. Next, we have a meaty middle by Neil Whitman about the word ain't. Ain't is possibly the most maligned word in the English grammar guides. Even though many other contractions are now acceptable in all but the most formal writing, ain't is still frowned upon in all but the most informal writing, and sometimes even there. But that hasn't stopped it. Not only has ain't not disappeared, it's even expanded its reach in recent years. Let's start at the beginning. Ain't has been part of English for about 400 years. It was originally a contraction for am not and are not, and was written ant, A-N apostrophe T, and ant, A apostrophe N apostrophe T. In their book, Origins of the Specious, Myths and Misconceptions of the English Language, Patricia T. O'Connor and Stuart Kellerman summarize Ain't's history, and speculate on how it fell from grace. Quote, By the early 1700s, it was also being used as a contraction for is not. And by the 1800s, it was used for have not and has not, too, replacing an earlier contraction, hand, H-A apostrophe and apostrophe T. As Ain't took on more meanings, it drifted farther and farther from its roots. Contractions like can't and don't had clearly traceable parentage, but ain't claimed to have so many parents that it seemed illegitimate. No wonder language authorities turned up their noses. Since the late 19th century, they've considered ain't a crime against good English, In fact, another source even argues that the modern contractions haven't and hasn't were created anew to replace the hand, H-A apostrophe and apostrophe T, contraction, that turned into ain't and became acceptable. 
the stigmatization of ain't is a pity because without ain't, there's a gap in our system of contractions. When you negate the present tense of be and your subject is a pronoun, you usually have a choice between contracting the pronoun and the verb or the verb and the negative word. For example, you can write we're not or we aren't, they're not or they aren't, and you're not or you aren't. The lone exception is I, where your only choice in standard English is I'm not. In the late 1800s, even as critics of ain't were beginning to speak up, ain't began to move beyond the verbs be and have and into territory of the third major auxiliary verb in English, do. Listen to this example from 1881, which I found in the Corpus of Historical American English, from Joel Chandler Harris's first collection of Uncle Remus stories. Br'er Rabbit looked all round, he did, but he ain't see no dinner. In standard English, the phrase ain't see would be did not see or didn't see. Of course, if you're familiar with Br'er Rabbit and Uncle Remus, you know that these stories were adapted from stories told by slaves and that the English in them is a variety of African-American English. The use of ain't in place of didn't has by and large been limited to African-American English. And even there, according to a 1994 study, it's much less common than using ain't for negative forms of be and have. The fact that ain't can function as a negated form of be, have, or do has led some to propose that in African-American English, ain't is better analyzed as a single all-purpose negator for singular or plural, for first, second, or third person, for present tense and past. However, that 1994 study by Tracy Weldon rebuts this claim. In Weldon's speech samples, when ain't is a negation for be, it's always in the present tense. It never fills in for wasn't or weren't. The same goes for when ain't is a negation for have. In Weldon's samples and in my corpus searches and personal experience, it always fills in for hasn't or haven't, never for hadn't. For do, Weldon notes, ain't always functions as a past tense, never a present tense, like the ain't see in the Br'er Rabbit example. For the present tense, she says don't, is virtually always the preferred contraction in African-American English. However, that was 20 years ago, when the World Wide Web was only a few years old, before Google, and before the easy availability of online language corpora. These days, if you search in the corpus of historical American English for examples of ain't, followed by the plain form of a verb, you can see that its frequency jumps in the 2000s with a handful of verbs— know, want, and say. This same search, in the corpus of contemporary American English, brings in almost 200 examples from between 1990 and 2012, like this one from 2008. I love her, but I ain't want to get married. In that example, ain't is replacing don't. Weldon's study was also published years before the advent of social media, which has vastly increased the amount of informal and spoken English that gets put into searchable text. Today, you can search through archived tweets from Twitter's seven years of existence and find example after example of ain't in place of don't, like these. 
Oh, thanks, but I ain't want a caramel apple. I want a red candy apple. I ain't know what to do. I ain't see my boyfriend until at least next week. Whatever the reason for the widespread disapproval of ain't, its bad reputation is a fact, so I don't recommend it for formal writing, except for well-known sayings, such as, it ain't over till it's over, you ain't seen nothing yet, and say it ain't so. Still, the gradual creeping of ain't through the negated English auxiliary verbs is fascinating to observe. That piece was written by Neil Whitman, who has a Ph.D. in linguistics and blogs at literalminded.wordpress.com. Here's to the paper pushers, the rush hour warriors, and the gotta get awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk, where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner, where your only commute is your walk to the beach where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta, because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life? Well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally, first with words, then with phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's True Accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. Finally, I love eponyms, so I chose this entry from the book Word Workout that I'm providing here with permission from the publisher, St. Martin's Griffin. An eponym is a word derived from a name or a name that becomes a word. The English language has many eponymous words, both common and obscure. Science, medicine, and the natural world are sources of many familiar eponyms. Every educated person knows that the verb to pasteurize comes from the name of the French chemist and bacteriologist Louis Pasteur, who discovered the process of sterilizing by heating and rapid cooling. But did you know that the lovely climbing shrub, wisteria, takes its name from the American anatomist, Casper Wistar. And did you know that the hardy, colorful plant called poinsettia is named after an American diplomat, J.R. Poinsett, 
who brought it from Mexico to the United States in 1828. Incidentally, there's no point in poinsettia, and the word is properly pronounced in four syllables, not three. Poinsettia. Another eponymous scientific word that's often mispronounced is salmonella, which has nothing to do with salmon and everything to do with Daniel E. Salmon, an American veterinarian and pathologist who identified this genus of bacteria, and his last name is pronounced Salmon. Many flowers and plants take their names from names. One of my favorites is the beautiful woody vine called Bougainvillea, with its delicate and brilliant flowers, which is named after the French navigator and explorer Louis-Antoine de Bougainville who fought in the United States during the Revolutionary War and discovered the Solomon Islands. Our two methods of measuring temperature, Celsius and Fahrenheit, are both eponyms. The former comes from Anders Celsius, a Swedish astronomer, and the latter from Gabriel Daniel Fahrenheit, the German physicist who introduced the use of mercury in thermometers. The Bunsen burner, familiar to all high school chemistry students, is named after Robert Wilhelm Bunsen, a German chemist. And the word guillotine, not guillotine, is named after Joseph Guillotine, the French physician who did not invent this gruesome decapitation device, but who advocated for its use as more humane than hanging. Finally, an aside about wisteria. Are you wondering why the man's name is spelled Wistar, W-I-S-T-A-R, but the genus is spelled wisteria, W-I-S-T-E-R-I-A? A Harvard naturalist named Thomas Nuttall accidentally printed wisteria instead of wisteria, and the mistake has since become the norm. That was an excerpt from Word Workout by Charles Harrington Elster. And if you'd like to know more about Joseph Gillotin, we have a Grammar Girl article on the topic from a few months ago. You can find it by searching for Gillotin at quickanddirtytips.com. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl, and this podcast was recorded at the Reynolds School of Journalism at the University of Nevada. It's produced in partnership with Quick and Dirty Tips. That's all. Thanks for listening. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Saving money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Master Force Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Master Force tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save big.